Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, and for the latest updates, information, and picks, you can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides. Today's Wednesday, July 27th, 2022. This episode covers all of today's Major League Baseball games. In case you're new here, I built a mathematical model for win probability and totals using hitter and pitcher projections I've created along with weather data. In order to make one side pick and one total pick on every game played Monday through Sunday, though there are no Sunday shows. That doesn't mean that I recommend you do the same as my goal in this episode is to share key information about today's games, give you a few things to think on, explain why the model or I like a certain play in order for you to come up with picks that you are comfortable with. I never recommend blindly tailing or fading any pick, but rather to hear the justifications and thought processes to make sure you're fully on board with me or against me before investing your hard-earned money. And as I go through my plays, remember that there are no locks in gambling, so all I'll give you are loves, likes, and leans to indicate my confidence level with respect to scaling wagers. And as always, please remember that good and bad variants will occur, so as much as I'd like to still be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Yesterday, a profitable day, uh, thanks in part to the, the B-picks coming through again. I, I kind of been talking about them all season. I, I feel like they're going to turn around. Maybe maybe this is now. Maybe they'll go back to being terrible again. I have no idea uh, You know how that'll play out. I, I, I do think they should not be nearly as bad as they've been, and, and they're winning lately, which is good. They picked struggling a little bit. A couple of bad luck things, though, and so it's kind of weird to me always when you have a day that was profitable yesterday on the whole, if you take all 30 picks that I made, but two really bad variance things happened, at least in my opinion, that swung four plays on two pitches. You had any number of pitches in that Tigers game. Had the Tigers been able to get one more run at the bottom of the ninth inning, we win the Tigers at massive plus odds, and we get that under, or any number of things happen, and we at least get the under in that game. That was the play of the day yesterday at A grade under. That was three to two going to the bottom of the ninth and somehow ends up with nine runs in the game, 10 runs in the game because of extra innings. And then the Astros A's game, the A's score four of their five runs on one, one, two pitch. Garcia hangs a breaking ball a little bit. It was a good job of hitting. Uh, It was a little bit hung and just like a great job of hitting that one pitch. One pitch is different. You know, batter doesn't guess right, and the Astros win that game three to one. We win the under and the Astros, and so that, those two pitches really swing things. And so that's what I was talking about with the variance. Baseball is a wonky sport. You come down to one or two pitches in a game, and you know, still like it's an overall profitable day. But you know, when you have those two things go against you, it really, hurt, really makes you hurt for what might have been. Another thing to point out yesterday, I just think it's interesting, is that the um, Yankees, Astros, and Dodgers, all three. Consensus best teams in baseball all lost yesterday. So just a reminder that baseball can be random. Um, fortunately for us, we only had a, a C pick on the Yankees, and uh, we took a flyer with the Nats, and that worked out well. The Nats have won the first two in this series. Surprisingly, as terrible as they are, it just goes back to like we're saying, baseball can be random. I don't think anybody would have thought the Nats would have won the first two of this series, and the A's would have won the first two of this Astros series. Wonky things happen in baseball. It's a long grind. We just got to keep plugging along and trying to make smart plays day after day. About break even for the week. Hopefully we can get that into the positive here today. Lots of day games. But before we get to those, some reminders. Please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free and the only way. So you can turn notifications on to ensure you don't miss any of the college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides. Share with a friend if you know others in the game. Hit me up on Twitter. 
or drop a comment from YouTube. I'll have those and try to respond to as many as I can. And a reminder, you've partnered with Horse Racing Today. If you'd like to play the ponies, you can find their stuff at horseracingtoday.net. They are a team of five with over 125 years of combined experience in handicapping horse races. There isn't an angle they don't know or a bias they can't identify. Today, their favorite play is over at Delaware Park Race 6. You can check out their YouTube shows and or website. The links are in the show's description. Got a 12.35 Eastern first pitch over in Philadelphia. Uh, morning start if you're not in the Eastern time zone. It'll be a warm one, 83 degrees to start, mid-80s to close, a slight breeze blowing out, only about five miles an hour, so the tiniest boost, but probably not really a huge effect there on the wind. Charlie Morton versus Kyle Gibson. The model likes Morton better than Gibson. I tend to agree with that. Both of these guys have ERAs in the fours. Morton's is a little better. Both of them, uh, the the underlying metrics say they should be a little bit better. It's still a little bit of an edge to Morton. The, the, the advanced metrics say he should be more around four. Uh, Gibson more in the low fours. Of course, Morton has a longer track record in the last several years of being fantastic, whereas Gibson's been a little up and down. Edge to the Braves here with the starting pitcher uh, for sure. Edge to the Braves with regards to the bullpen. Maybe a slight offensive edge, but on the road, the model thinks the Braves should be a minus 116 favorite. Gives them about a 54% win probability. It, to me, it's like we've been saying, it's Phillies or pass. Uh, Phillies got game one. Uh, Nola really struggled yesterday, and they couldn't get it done there in game two. Um, here at the, the rubber match on a Wednesday afternoon, I'm not saying the Braves can't win. I think the Braves are more likely to win, uh, but I don't think they're likely enough to win that backing the Braves is a profitable venture here. A price like minus 155 means that the Braves should win this game more than 60% of the time. And that just seems like a lot, again, against a Phillies team that isn't bad um, in Philadelphia. Again, if you think about the model thinking the Braves has about a 54% chance of winning this game, if you start off 47% as the road team, that still means we're giving them an additional 7% might give them 1% or 2% for a better offense, 1% or 2% for a better bullpen, maybe another 2% you know, for the starting pitcher edge, maybe 3 But, I mean, you can't give them that big of edges here, especially with the variability in baseball. I, I get why the Braves are favored. I don't get why the Braves are favored this much. I mentioned this yesterday. We've just kind of been back and forth in the Braves. Every once in a while, it seems like they're really underpriced. Every once in a while, it seems like they're really overpriced. I don't really love this Phillies team, but again, they're not bad. Plus 143 is just tremendous value on the Phillies. And what's a coin tossy type game, again, edge Braves, but not by nearly as much as the price indicates. So I'll take a chance here at plus 143 and I'll give it an A grade and say, anytime it's a, I don't really know what's going to happen type situation and nothing would truly surprise me. Plus 143 is way too good odds to pass up. So we give that an A grade. With regards to total, the model says 8.8. So I'll take the over eight and a half, but at minus 115, not a ton of value there. It's warm enough that I think we can get to the over, but both bullpens are pretty solid. The Braves bullpen's fantastic. The Phillies pin, again, surprisingly bad to start the season, but of late has looked a lot better and still rates out as above average, both pitchers above average. So it's not one that I really love the over, but it is warm enough uh, that I do think over is the right play. It's just not enough value. If you can get over eight, I think that makes a lot more sense. I can assume you don't have to pay crazy odds, but eight and a half, I don't think there's a ton of value on the over, so it's only a lean there for me. Once in Eastern first pitch, Padres at the Tigers. Going back to the well here, going under. Yesterday's game would have gone under seven and a half. If you get to the ninth inning at 3-2, um, 
yesterday's game gets done. It still stays under seven and a half. Um, you know, seven out of 10 times, eight out of 10 times, nine out of 10 times. I don't know. It's a large number. Uh, and of course, we had eight and a half yesterday. Uh, a smaller number today with a better pitcher for the Tigers. But I still think under is the right look here. I don't really care that it's juiced at 125. I love this under, A grade under, seven and a half for me. It's not a particularly hot day in Detroit. It is going to start off in the in the upper 70s. We're going to get into the low 80s, but the winds will be blowing in at about 10 miles an hour. will help knock the ball down. Uh, Hugh Darvish, again, I've talked about him recently, just a resurgent year, uh, a fantastic season for him, 320 ADRA, and the advanced metrics aren't far behind that. Uh, you know, you got to like what you've seen from him. A guy we kind of thought was on his way out, you know, riding off into the sunset, you know, struggling at the end of his career as he gets older, but he's having a great season. Uh, Scoobal, a fantastic pitcher as well, 380 ADRA, inflated by a couple bad starts there, but advanced metrics say it should be in the low threes. I really like both of these pitchers. Uh, this Tigers offense is terrible. As much as they struggled last night, they're to hold it down in the extras. The Tigers bullpen is their strength. Um, the Padres offense, you know, lefty-righty splits gets a big penalty here today. I just don't see how there's this many runs. Extras could happen again, and weird things happen in baseball, but I love this under 7.5. Model says 6.2, and I think 6.5 would be the total I would hang for this one. And I would dare people to go under a number like 6.5. If it was me hanging this this line, seven and a half makes no sense. Even seven, I'd still love the under, especially if you're decent odds. You might push. Um, so if you have multiple books and you can lay a seven and, and get better odds um, and then go under a seven and a half with a little bit more juice, maybe split your bet a little bit. Seven is possible, but you know, five, six, seven are your probably three most likely outcomes to this game. I love under seven and a half. Obviously, anything can happen. We saw it last night, but this sets up to be a massive underspot just like it did yesterday, and hopefully we don't get some terrible luck. And with regards to the side, I kind of see it playing out a little bit like yesterday. Padres should win the game, but the Tigers have a chance, and so the plus odds are too good to pass up. Plus 127 here. Model says the number should be 122, so we're getting a tiny bit of value. Not a lot, not enough to warrant the B grade. If you could get a number into the plus 130s, that might make sense. The, the, the issue here, especially on a, on a Wednesday with all these day games and Thursdays, you know, a lot of them see the same thing in Saturdays as well. By the time you watch this, we have to check your check the lineups with a day game. If Depending on who's in or out, that's going to affect things a little bit. If it's just an average player, it's probably rounding error. But if it's a better player, maybe a percent, a star player, maybe 2%. And if it's multiple guys maybe two or two or three percent or something. And so that could kind of affect um, how things are playing out. So if, if you're looking to place a wager and it's an hour and a half, two hours for game time and lineups are out, just take that into consideration because that could um, change things. If, if hypothetically, if the Padres give Machado the day off, all of a sudden instead of minus 122, the model probably would say more like, you know, minus one, 12 minus 115 something along those lines and so now if you're still getting plus 127 that's easily a b pick on the tiger so just things to think about here especially with the day games lineups coming out earlier in the day here i think the tigers offer some value anything can happen in this one scoobles a very good pitcher but um the Padres are still a better team and darvish is still a good pitcher so it's not one that i want to be too invested in personally i just want to stick to the under there again i think that's an excellent play there in detroit 2-10 Eastern, first pitch, Angels at the Royals. These two teams split the first two games, and neither one was very close. I'm taking the Royals here to get the job done 
in the rubber match. Jansen Junk will be going for the Angels. Not really sure how deep he's going to go. My hunch is I wouldn't expect a lot. You never really know. This Royals offense still is below average, so anything is possible. Um, but I'm expecting a lot of innings from a bad Angels bullpen here. And given that Brad Keller is pretty average for 16 year on the season, advanced metrics trail that a little bit, can give you some innings, just kind of an average pitcher, maybe a little bit above average. Um, that that gives the Royals a pretty good edge here. Otherwise, it's a wash. I think these offenses are both below average. These bullpens are below both below average. I think the Royals have a pretty sizable edge here. The model says minus 162. So I'll take the Royals at minus 130 with an A grade. Again, all boiling down to the starting pitcher mismatch here. I presume we're going to get a lot more from the Royals in innings one through six than the Angels in innings one through six. And in that world, I like our chances because, again, I think everything else is a wash. I think there's a lot of value on the Royals at minus 130. That's an A grade play for me. And then I'll take an over nine at plus 102 with a B grade. I love the plus odds here. I love the push protection if we can get to 4 4. Model says 9.5. I don't expect a lot, again, pitching wise from the Angels bullpen. And I don't expect a lot from the Royals bullpen once Keller comes out. Can't give it an A grade because both these offenses can just completely disappear. But it is a hitter friendly park. And again, the plus 102 is just too much to pass up. Warrants a B grade, in my opinion. It's a warm day in Kansas City. We're going to start off in the low 80s, and we're going to finish in the upper 80s. No wind effect. But Hedders Park in a warm day, questionable pitching for a majority of the innings today, I think over makes a lot of sense there. So I'm on the Royals at minus 130, and I'm on the over 9 as well. Same time slot, 210. First pitch, Twins at the Brewers. It would be a little warm in Milwaukee, not extremely warm. Be in the around 80 degree mark. Chris Archer versus Corbin Burns. Burns, one of the best pitchers in the game, top five for sure. Not really much to say about him. Chris Archer, a 341 ERA, a lot of smoke and mirrors. Though. I've been talking about this with him recently. Uh, advanced metrics say it should be over a run higher than that. So Archer's a guy that I don't believe in whatsoever. I have him rated fairly poorly. Here, uh, Brewers edge in the bullpen. Twins in the edge offensively, though. I think this price is a little high on the Brewers. I love Corbin Burns. I just can't see laying a price like minus 191 on the Brewers. Personally, the model thinks 173 is the right number. So I'll take the Twins at plus 175. You have the same issue here uh, that we're going to talk about later on with the fact that Buxton came back. Yesterday, now you have a day game. Chance he's out today. That would obviously hurt the Twins' chances. And if you take Buxton out, a price like minus one ninety one on the Brewers isn't crazy. So if you before lineups are announced, if we know he's not going to play, or if you know there's thirty teams, I can't keep track of everything. So if you know the coach mentioned last night hypothetically he wasn't going to play today, probably changes my opinion on this. And Buxton's one of the guys who's going to move a number more than most. So that would be kind of the the hesitation there. I just say plus 175s, just too much to pass up. The Twins offense is pretty good. Um, the relievers, again, while they're not at the Brewers' caliber, aren't bad. Um, they're just kind of so-so. Massive starting pitcher edge for the Brewers, but again, good pitchers lose all the time and bad pitchers win all the time in baseball. There's just a lot of randomness. We talked about that already at the top of the show. So I'll take the Twins, but it's not one I'm very confident, especially not knowing if Buxton's going to play. And it's hard to fade Corbin Birds anyway. It's just it's kind of like that Nats-Dodgers game yesterday where it's like, I don't know. The plus odds are too good to pass up in a situation where I think the game is priced pretty well. 
I do like this over, though. The model thinks 9.1, especially with a slightly warmer day in Milwaukee and a hitter-friendly ballpark. Um, so over 8 makes a lot of sense. Minus 107 is not too bad. Just a lean. I can't get there to an A grade because Burns and that Brewers bullpen is involved. There's obviously a world where Burns goes 7 innings and gives up 1 run, and that Brewers bullpen shuts him down. Brewers relievers, though, have been a little shaky here again um, of late. So if they're a little bit more human... I think over eight's very possible. Again, a warm day. I think both teams can score some runs. I just can't give it an A grade because Burns can completely control this game, and I don't want to fade him too heavily knowing that's on the table. But I don't think blindly backing the Brewers and blindly taking it under because Burns is involved makes a lot of sense because the price is there, and everyone else knows he's good too. So it's not like you're coming up with anything magical by saying Corbin Burns is good. Everybody knows that, and the price is reflecting that. And so we're trying to find situations where we disagree with the book in order to come up with value. And if you think Corbin Burns is really good, I hate to tell you this, but you don't disagree with the book. They know he's really good too. So uh, I'm kind of going against that a little bit, but again, not heavily because he is really good. And so it doesn't make sense to just go too much against a guy of his caliber. 307 first pitch Astros at the A's. Nice day in Oakland. We'll be in the low seventies. Winds be blowing out. Again, big ballpark there. Kind of a normal day-type game, which does lend itself to a few more runs than usual. Then a nighttime game, the ball carries a little bit better. Still a huge park and tons of foul territory, which creates more outs on pop on foul pop flies. I'll take the under 7.5, but only with a lean, just because, again, the, the ball carries a little bit better in the daytime. It's a little bit warmer than a 60-degree night. It's, it's, it's two pitchers that I think can hold these offenses down in a massive pitcher's park, but... I think seven and a half is priced fairly well. The model says 7.2. So I'll stick with that under, but given the daytime setup, it's not one that I have a lot of confidence in. Christian Javier for the Astros, Cole Irvin for the A's. Javier with a 313 ERA in the advanced metrics, not too far behind that. And a guy that, as I mentioned before, really lags on his rating, mainly just because the model's unsure exactly how deep he'll go. As an Astros fan, I'm a little bit unsure how deep he'll go. The teams let him go, you know, deeper into games and try to stretch him out, but they are a little bit concerned about his innings, given that he's not uh, a guy who's ever thrown anywhere near 200 innings in a season. And, of course, the team expects to have a playoff run. So uh, it's hard to know exactly how deep he'll go. That gives him a little bit of a ding. Um, but otherwise, he's fantastic. Cole Irvin, a 308 ERA, but the advanced metrics say it should be about a run higher. He's benefiting from playing half his games in Oakland. Above average, but not great. I think the Astros have some massive edges in this game. I don't think Irvin's as good as that ERA. If you just look at the ERAs and you think, oh, these two pitchers are similar, I think Javier's a lot better than Irvin is. Not that Irvin's bad. It's just, you know, it matters where you play half your games. And I think this is a situation where if you just look at the ERAs and say it's a wash here, I think you're missing the fact that Irvin's ERA is deflated by playing in Oakland. Astros have a massive edge on offense. They do have an edge with the relievers. At some point, A's keep using all their better relievers. That's going to, they're not going to be able to keep using all those guys. They're going to have to get some guys a day off or they're going to fatigue. This is not about the Astros can't get swept. They absolutely can get swept. I'd say the same thing about the Dodgers. It's, it's not about anything other than analyzing this game and this situation, knowing the A's have used a lot of their better relievers the last two days knowing that the Astros have an edge in so many facets of this game. The model says the Astros should be a 224 favorite, minus 191. It's a lot of value. As long as the number starts with a one, I think it's an A grade. You can look money line, excuse me, run line as well. 
personally, uh, the run line's a, a lot tougher of an ask in a pitcher-friendly setup, um, and I don't have the exact analytics to say whether one offers more value. They tend to be very close every time I've dove into it. So if, if you like run line, that's an option you can look at. I'm just going to lay the odds with the money line here. I think the Astros can get it done. Again, nothing to do with the previous games. I just think they're the better team. I think they've got the starting pitcher edge, and I think they've got the edge in the offense. So I, I think they should be at least minus 200 favorites as long as the number starts with the one. I think it's an A grade on the Astros, in my opinion. 310 Eastern start time out in L.A., about an 80-degree day in Nats Dodgers. There are no wind effect. Patrick Corbin versus Andrew Heaney. Corbin, a 6.02 ERA advanced metric, say it should be in the low fours. Andrew Heaney only pitched three times, but he's looked good in all three of those starts. Uh, a sub-1 ERA, that's obviously not going to last. But the advanced metrics, again, only in 15 innings, have him in the mid-twos. I like Heaney. I think he's a pretty solid pitcher. I'll take the Dodgers at minus 280. The model says minus 287. I think it's priced fairly well. But again, the model believes in Patrick Corbin in a way that I, I, I think the truth lies somewhere between what our perception of Patrick Corbin is what the model thinks. The model says he's slightly above average. And I really find that hard to believe. But I also don't think he's as bad as kind of our perception of him. And again, that 6 ERA, I think, is really inflated. I don't think he's that bad. So I think the truth is somewhere in between there. And so if I look at what the model says, Dodgers minus 287, but I say, you know, uh, actually, you know, Corbin maybe not that good. Maybe the numbers should be like minus 300. So I think minus 280 is an okay price on the Dodgers. It's kind of a C-plus pick. It's one of those where you just have to wager so much to win so little. It's hard to think there's much value on it. But I don't think the Dodgers are a bad look here. Again, it has nothing to do with the fact that the Nats won the first two games, and I'm saying the Dodgers can't get swept. They absolutely can. I would say the probability the Dodgers get swept is the probability they lose this game. Those other two games have already happened, and there's nothing that anybody can do to change them, and that has very, very little impact other than bullpen usage and guys getting days off and things of that nature. Otherwise, I think both teams are going to go out and try to win a baseball game today. I just think the Dodgers are in a better spot here. I like Keeney a lot more than I like Corbin. And, of course, the Dodgers' bullpen and offense is a lot better as well. So I think the Dodgers have solid edges here. It's a side I want to be on. It's just the price is so steep. It's not that investable, in my opinion. Like I said, a C-plus type play on the Dodgers. And I'll take the under 9 with a B grade. The model says 8.2. I wanted to get this to an A grade, but I'm concerned the ball flies a little bit better in Los Angeles in the day. It's a little warmer than usual in LA. It's just a situation where I think the under's the right side. I'm just nervous about it given the daytime and given that Corbin, again, I'm not, I don't think he's as good as the model thinks he is. So if you have lesser concerns there, maybe you could be more excited about this under than I am. I think it's the right side, but I think a B grade is sufficient. I just can't quite get to an A grade on it. 310 first pitch, White Sox at the Rockies. A warm day in Denver. We're going to be in the upper 80s. Winds be blowing mostly across, so no wind effect. Lucas Giolito versus Antonio Sensatella. Giolito, I mean, if you know what to make of this guy, you tell me. I mean, he's been up and down all around. Uh, we talked a lot about him this season, you know, changing up his pitch usage and, and really struggling this year to the tune of a 5-12 ERA. Now, the advanced metrics do say he's a run better than that. So I still think Gilito is better than average. It's just he's so variable. I mean, sometimes he goes out there and looks below average. And other times he still go, looks out there, look, goes out there and looks like he's got it. He, he looks great. 
he's just been all over the map. Projects to be a little bit better than average, but you can't have a ton of faith in him. Sensatella, on the other hand, a 5 ERA. The advanced metrics say it should be a little bit better than that, but a guy who's probably not going to give you a ton of length. I still think Giolito's a better pitcher here for the White Sox. I think the White Sox offense is better. The relievers are better. I'm okay laying a price like minus 130 on the road. Again, the model knows the Rockies have played better of late, and the model knows the Rockies have a huge home field advantage. I just think 130 is a decent price because I still like the White Sox in every aspect of this game. Model says minus 139, so 130 is about as high as I want to go with the B pick. Once it gets up towards minus 135, it drops to a C grade. If you accidentally can get a price like minus 120 or low 120s, it's probably more of an A grade. I think the White Sox can go in and win this game. I just don't want to pay too much of a premium to back them, but minus 130, I don't think it's that bad. So a B grade pick, I think the White Sox are solid here, and I don't believe in Gilito as much as I still think he's okay. And again, as we talked about before, this Rockies offense really tees off on lefties. Of course, Giolito, a righty, so that works in our advantage in this situation. With regards to the total, I'll take the under 11.5. Only a lean, though. The model says 10.7. It's too hot in Denver and too much variability for me to be comfortable playing this under heavier than that. We got an under yesterday with a B grade pretty easily, in fact. But today, just being warmer, there's just a lot of variability involved in this one. So... Model says 10.7. Model thinks that these pitchers are decent enough and will give up some runs, but won't give up enough runs to get over this really high number. But it's not a game that I have a lot of confidence in with regards to total because, like I said, there's just too much variability in a hot day in Denver. Pop flies could easily turn into home runs. So a main play here, stick with the White Sox. 3.40 Eastern start time. Giants at the Diamondbacks. Logan Webb versus Zach Gallen. Webb with a 2.77 ERA. Gallen with a 3.31 ERA. Both guys have underlying metrics that say the number should be about a half run higher. Both pitchers good, but according to the model, neither pitcher as good as their ERAs and as good as we'd like to think. Logan is graded out as an 82. Gallen as a 90. So again, both good. Just Webb. I feel like it's the perception of being in that top tier and the model thinks he's in that second tier. People seem to think that Gallon's in that second tier model thinks he's more in that third tier. So it's a situation where I like both these starting pitchers. I think they're good. I just think they're both a little bit overvalued. If either one of them get up into an innings count, we're going to get into some terrible bullpens. We got the over yesterday fairly easily. The only reason we didn't get the over on Monday night was because Merrill Kelly pitched phenomenally. That's the only way I think this over doesn't hit. And it's possible. It's absolutely possible that Logan Webb or Zach Gallon pitch phenomenally. That's why it's only a B grade. But unless one of those guys does what Merrill Kelly did on Monday night, I think the over has a really good chance of hitting. These bullpens are terrible and are going to give up a bunch of runs whenever they get into the game. Plus 105 is pretty good odds. Model thinks nine. Like I said, I just I, I it's a B plus pick. I just am not there to an A grade just because both these pitchers have the ability to go out there and throw eight shutout innings. And in that case, obviously an over is going to be really tough to hit. But I think the over hits more than it does, and I think it's more than fifty percent likely to hit at plus one hundred five. That offers some pretty good value. So a B plus over for me on this one in Arizona. With regards to the side, I think it's priced fairly well. Model says Giants minus 113. I'll take the Giants at minus 114 because at least that says we're playing a little bit more value than the Dimebacks at this number. But this is all about the price. 
if you can get the Giants below at or below minus 110, I think that's a solid investment. If you can get the Diamondbacks at or above plus 120, I think that's a solid investment. But right now where it's priced, doesn't offer a ton of value. Of course, there's a lot of early morning movement. Usually that happens while I record the show. And so by the time this uploads, the number might be very different if that's the case. Given that lineups won't be announced, I think just go opposite of whatever movement you see because I don't think that movement's going to be really indicative. I think it's priced really well now, and I think if it moves, I think it's a—I I don't think it's a smart move. I think people are just putting their money on one side or the other, and I, I don't think that necessarily means anything. I just think that's their opinion, and I don't think it's going to be predictive. I think if you get a price movement on this and that creates a value, I think jump on it. But at this price point. I'll take a flyer with the Giants, but like I said, I don't think there's a lot of value. The main thing is the over. And like I said, if you, if, if you aren't as scared off by Gallon and Webb as I am, I think it can get to an A grade. I'm just holding off just a little bit knowing how much those guys can dominate, even though, again, I think they're a little bit overvalued, which is why I think there's value in this total going over eight. Last afternoon game here today, Rangers the Mariners. John Gray versus Marco Gonzalez. I like John Gray, 348 ERA. Advanced metrics say it should be a little bit better than that. And I'm not a huge Marco Gonzalez fan, 374 ERA, but the advanced metrics say it should be a run and a half higher. I keep waiting for Gonzalez to fall apart. He keeps not doing it. So either the models just and the underlying metrics are just missing with him, or it's just we keep waiting and we keep waiting and maybe one day it'll happen. The model thinks there's a pretty big starting pitcher edge for the Rangers, but that's the only area that they have an advantage especially when you consider lefty-righty splits. The Rangers are a little bit lefty slash switch hitter heavy, which makes them less good against a lefty in Gonzalez. I think the Mariners have an edge on offense. Mariners have a massive edge in the bullpen. As long as Marco Gonzalez can keep this game close, I love the Mariners' chances in this one. Plus 105 makes zero sense to me. I don't know what else there's to say about this Mariners team. I keep saying the same thing. They're good and people don't realize it. They should be favored in this game. The model thinks to the tune of minus 147. Now, that minus 147 is with Julio Rodriguez playing. I'm not 100% sure he'll play today. They do play tomorrow, first game back yesterday, day game today. He could get the day off. And if he gets the day off, that's going to drop that win probability and the, the price here that the model would think by at least 10, maybe 15 cents. He's a pretty good player. Their best player going to lead off for him, so... It's a situation where minus 147 is with Rodriguez in. If he's out, again, maybe minus 135. Mariners still should be favored in this game, though. It's less about momentum. I don't really believe in that. I, I'm a firm believer in momentum is as good as the next day starting pitcher. And John Gray is good. But Marco Gonzalez is not bad. Again, I think the he keeps outperforming his metrics, which makes me wonder what's going on there. This Mariners team relies on their bullpen. Their offense does just enough to get the job done. And again, I think it gets a bad rep because of being in a them playing in a pitcher's park. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. The Mariners are a good team. They should be favored in this game. John Gray is good. He's not good enough to single-handedly win this game, given the Mariners are better everywhere else. At some point you wonder if the Rangers care. They're really struggling lately. I don't know if they do or don't. I have no idea. It's just you wonder. I'm not utilizing that at all in the handicap again. Model just says the Mariners should be favored. I'm riding it. Plus 105 is a gift. A great play for me. And with regards to the total, the model says 8.3. It's going to be a hot day in Seattle. We're going to get up towards 90 degrees in this one. Ball's going to carry a little bit more, especially in the daytime. 
I'll go under eight and a half, but at minus 120, there's not a lot of value in it. I think it totals priced really well. If this was a situation where, you know, it, was a, it wasn't so hot, I think it makes a little more sense to be heavier on the under, but knowing that it's going to be such a warm day in Seattle, I don't think it makes sense to be too heavy on the under. I think the main thing is just play the Mariners. And again, if you can get plus odds or even money, even laying a bit of a price, I think makes a lot of sense given that the model has them as such big favorites. They've been good to us. They're not going to win every game that they don't play against the Astros, probably, but they've been winning a lot of them. And I think if we keep riding them until people realize how good they are, uh, we're going to win a lot, a lot more money than we lose on them. So I'm still on the Mariners today. They play the Astros this weekend, so we'll see how that goes. But thankfully for them after that, they are done with the Astros for a bit. And then we can just go back to kind of blindly writing the Mariners because that's been the play. And I don't see why that should change. So the night games, we got five of them here. 640 Eastern first pitch Marlins at the Reds. Low 80s to start, upper 70s to close. A chance of rain in Cincinnati, so something to keep an eye on there. If there is rain, it's going to push the game deeper into the night and cooler temperatures. That's going to make the ball fly a little bit less. Winds will be blowing across. Model says 8.1. I'll actually go under 8 just because if there is any rain and this gets delayed, the projected total would then drop under 8. So knowing that rain is a possibility, I think under makes a little bit more sense than over, but I think the total is probably spot on with 8. Again, the model would say maybe go over if we knew it would play in these conditions, but given that there might be some delay, now that makes you go under. I think it's priced really well. It's a total market that I don't think makes a lot of sense to enter into at these prices. But I'll take the Reds at minus 144. The model says minus 151. It's a B-grade pick. The Marlins are fairly terrible in general at this point. They don't have the edge that they had yesterday with regards to starting pitcher Pablo Lopez being so fantastic. I think Braxton Garrett's pretty good. He rates as above average, but Luis Castillo is very good and a much better pitcher himself. Like I said, I like both of these guys, but I like Castillo more. As much as the Reds' bullpen struggles, Castillo has the ability to go seven innings. Again, rain delay, you know, notwithstanding. And if he goes that many innings, it's going to allow the Reds to use their decent, mediocre, okay relievers and not get to the worst ones. And they can hang on. The Reds have a much better offense and gets a little boost lefty-righty split today. I think the Reds should win this game. Minus 144 is not the best price in the world, but it's a solid enough price. If I get a price in the 130s, I'd be eyeing this as an A grade. Not enough value for that third unit, but I think there's still enough reason there to invest in the Reds at prices in the minus 140s to give it a B grade. 7-5 Eastern first pitch raids at the Orioles. You know, as much as we got some bad bounces yesterday, it is always fun when a game plays out, like I said. McClanahan was fantastic, but that price on Tampa was just insanely way too high. Um, given that McClanahan's only one guy, he can't score runs for them, and it was unlikely he was going to go nine innings. So Orioles' team is pretty solid. Models come around on them. Model thinks the Orioles should be favored in this game to the tune of a 129 price. So the fact that they're plus 110 is an A grade for me. It, it I, I don't quite understand the love for this Rays team. I don't think they're that good. Model now has their offense below average, puts them about the same with the Orioles. 
The Orioles have a much better bullpen. Starting pitcher-wise, Rasmussen's better than Wells, but I don't think by that much in the games in Baltimore. I don't understand how Tampa's favored of this game. It, it, at some point, I really thought people would come around to the fact that this Orioles team is decent, but here we are at plus 110 odds with the Orioles at home in a game that I can't really identify a single situation where the Rays have a, have a solid advantage. And if you're going to be favored on the road, you need to have a solid advantage somewhere, and you need to also not have a massive disadvantage in the bullpen, especially with a guy like Rasmussen going who has the ability to go eight innings but is really unlikely to. I just I don't get it. I don't get it at all. And again, I don't think Tyler Wells is as good as that ERA is. The advanced metrics say it should be about a run higher. But he's still an average-ish pitcher, and again, not that far behind Rasmussen. Orioles' offense isn't that far behind the Rays' offense. They're both really close. Orioles have a massive edge at the bullpen and at home. This number makes no sense to me. Plus 110 is a gift. Anything with plus odds, anything even money. I'd even lay a small price with the Orioles with an A grade. I don't know. Take the value and run, in my opinion. It doesn't mean they win. It just means I think they win a little bit more than 50% of the time, and that's an investment we want to make every day of the week and twice on Sundays. With regards to total, I'll go over eight. Model says 9.3. It's a B grade for me. It's a B plus grade. It's almost to an A play. There's just a little bit of a fear here in my mind that both of these pitchers, you know, a little bit better maybe than the model gives them credit for. The Rays have a couple of decent relievers. If they end up pitching, the Orioles have a lot of good relievers. A little bit of a fear that this could be a lower scoring game than the model realizes. But in general, I think eight's way too low. Like I said, it's a B-plus pick. I could almost get to an A. I just couldn't quite get there. But I think over makes a lot of sense here. It's going to be a warm night in Baltimore, 85 degrees to start, about 80 degrees to close. Winds will be blowing out, but it'll stay at five miles an hour under, so no real wind effect. But it'll be a warm day. The only other caveat is there's a potential for rain, less potential than Cincinnati, but if there is any rain and that delays us into the night, it's going to make the temperatures cooler. So it's kind of why it's only a B-plus pick, just knowing there might be some rain creating a delay in this game. But in general, I think the Orioles are the right side, and I think over is the way to look, especially if we can avoid any rain and play this game firmly in the 80-degree weather. The ball's going to kind of fly out, and there's going to be some extra doubles and home runs, in my opinion. But Orioles plus 110, like I said, makes no sense to me. A great pick for me there. 705 first pitch Cardinals at the Blue Jays. Adam Wainwright versus Kevin Gaussman. Wainwright, 340 ERA advanced metrics say it should be about a half run higher. Gaussman with a 3 ERA advanced metrics say it should be about a half run lower. Gaussman's a fantastic starting pitcher and better than Wainwright, absolutely. The Blue Jays have an edge there. They have an edge with the offense, especially with the Cardinals missing a few key guys. Bullpen's probably about a wash games in Toronto. The Blue Jays should be favored in this game, absolutely, but I don't see how they're favored by a price like minus 242, especially against Wainwright, who's a pretty decent pitcher, still above average, and a guy who can go out and dominate a game. Model says Blue Jays minus 169. This is 100% Cardinals or pass for me, and if you pass, I think that makes sense. Bottom line is there's no value in the Blue Jays, and in my opinion, and it's just my opinion, in the model's opinion, the Blue Jays offer a really bad investment today, whether it's Blue Jays, whether it's Blue Jays' run line, whether it's first five. You're eyeing a situation where no matter how you play it, the risk is not worth the payout because they're not giving you a big enough payout. Again, I think the Blue Jays do win this game. They're more likely to win than not. But they're not giving you the good enough payout to justify the investment, and I think there's much better investment opportunities with your capital 
tonight than on the Blue Jays. I'll take a chance with the Cardinals and think that there's a decent enough chance that Wainwright controls this game. It's a tight game late, and then anything can happen. At plus 217, I would love to get into an anything can happen late inning scenario, which again is on the table with Wainwright. Again, Gaussman's fantastic and shouldn't have a, a hard time slowing down this Cardinals offense. But if we can get to a 2-2 two to two game in the 7th or 8th inning, anything is on the table here. I think plus 217 offers a lot of value on the Cardinals. It's very similar to the Orioles game yesterday where mathematically, if I just looked at the numbers, this is probably an A-grade play. Just like I said with the Orioles yesterday, it's just a situation where given that we're going to win so many more units than we're investing, I don't need to put that third unit on it. And so again, probably an A grade from a math perspective, I just don't need a third unit. So it's a B pick for me on the Cardinals, a lot of value on them. And like I said, if you're scared of that pick, I don't think that's crazy. I think you stay away. I just think investing in Toronto is a fool's errand given the prices you have to pay. Like I said, I always try to think about in real life, right? I know I need to buy blue jeans, but I don't want to pay $100 for a pair that's only worth 30. And that's kind of what you're doing here in my, in my opinion, if you're backing the Blue Jays doesn't mean the Blue Jays don't win, doesn't mean the Blue Jays don't win big. It just means you're paying a premium that I don't think makes a lot of sense. With regards to total models, is eight and a half. I'll go over eight at minus 115. Only a lean, though. I think both these pitchers can control this game. It's a header-friendly park. Blue Jays' offense is good. Cardinals' offense isn't as bad as you might think, losing a few of those guys. It still rates out around average. But again, knowing these pitchers are so good, it's not an over that I have a lot of confidence in. It's only a C for me there on the over. 17 Eastern start time, Guardians at the Red Sox. Upper 70s to, st- to start, mid 70s to close. At the start of the game, the wind's going to be blowing in about five miles an hour. And by the end of the game, it's going to be blowing out at about five miles an hour. So we're going to say no wind effect. <laughs> we're going to say it's going to be an average night at Fenway Park playing this game mostly in the 70s. Hitter-friendly ballpark still, but... Decent enough pitching that I'm going to go under only with a lean, though. The model says 8.9. I think the number's pretty accurate here. It's not warm enough. The wind's not blowing out. It's not like we have disastrous starting pitching involved. I'd rather be on the under than over, but again, I think it's priced fairly well. If you get even money, I might think of this as a B-grade play, or if you get under 9.5, even if you had to lay some odds, as long as they weren't too high, B-grade play. But at standard odds, under nine, I'd rather be on the under than the over, given I like these two starting pitchers and the bullpens are both okay. And neither offense really scares me. But knowing how runs can happen in Fenway, it's not a pick I really like a lot. I do like the Guardians, so at plus 113, it's a B-grade pick for me. The model says the Red Sox should be a 107 favorite. So plus 113 offers us a little bit of value, as long as we're getting a number greater than plus 110. Not an A grade, not enough value for that. But I think the Red, the the Guardians have a chance to win this game. And at plus one thirteen, I I like I like games that are coin tossy type games when I get plus one thirteen odds. I think that offers some good value here. Cal Quantrill versus Nathan Eovaldi. Both pitchers are pretty solid. Now the advanced metrics think that Quantrill shouldn't be as good as his three seventy five ERA, whereas they say that Eovaldi should be a little better than his four thirty ERA. The model, of course, knows Eovaldi historically has been a better pitcher than Quantrill, so the model still likes Eovaldi more. I think the difference between these starting pitchers, though, not that much. I think both are pretty solid. I think Quantrill's good enough, and this Guardians bullpen is better than the Red Sox bullpen. Their offense right now better than the Red Sox. It kind of all balances out. Again, it's a coin-tossy type game, plus 113, offers enough value. 
say that a guy like Kyle Quantrill has the ability to get it done for us, again, especially against the Red Sox offense that is kind of a shell of what it hoped to be. And then to close us off, Yankees at Mets, 710 Eastern first pitch. With regards to the side, another situation like last night where I just think it's priced really well, and it's hard to say that there's value on either side. Last night's game, pretty good game. I kind of think tonight's will be similar. Difference here, though, the Mets have a little bit of an edge with Max Scherzer because he's, you know, really good. Not that Domingo Herman is not that good. It's just that he's nowhere near as good as Max Scherzer. Herman rates out his average. Scherzer, of course, is really good. That's why the Mets are favored as they are. Model says, though, Mets minus 152. I'll take the Mets at minus 155. I don't think there's a lot of value in the Mets at this price. If I could get a number less than minus 150 on the Mets, I think that's worth investing in. But at minus 155, that's a side I'd be on. But again, I think it's priced pretty well. So unless that number comes down on the Mets, I just don't think it's worth the investment. The Yankees still have an edge on offense. The bullpens are probably about a wash. And so really you're just relying on Scherzer. And it's not to say they can't get it done, but as Ma was talking about, one starting pitcher can only impact the game so much. And Scherzer is definitely going to impact this game. And that's why the Mets are favored as they are, despite not really having any advantage other than Max Scherzer and being at home. But it's all about the price. So if the number comes down, like I said, I like the Mets a little bit more, but at 155, it's not really that exciting. I will take the over 7.5 with a B grade. Model says 8.3. Can't get to an A grade because anytime Scherzer's involved, again, you know he has the ability to go seven shutout innings. But both these offenses are pretty good. I think the Mets will be able to score runs off of Herman. And as good as Max Scherzer is, the Yankees' offense is still one of the better offenses in the league. They should be able to put up a run or two at least on Scherzer and get us closer to that total. I think eight's the most likely outcome for this game. I think eight's where this game should be priced. So I think over seven and a half makes some sense. It's a B grade pick for me. Otherwise, we're going to be around 80 degrees, and the winds will be blowing out at five to 10 miles an hour all game. So the weather's not extremely favorable, but it's favorable enough that it can give us a little bit of a boost here and help get us to eight, in my opinion. Again, not an A grade because Scherzer's involved, but I do think over makes more sense than not, especially at a number like seven and a half. Again, I think the price should be eight. So I'll recap the Apex here. Starting off bright and early today, we've got the Phillies plus 143 at home against the Braves. We've got the under seven and a half at minus 125 and Padres Tigers. Royals minus 130 at home against the Angels. Astros minus 191 at the A's. Mariners plus 105 home against the Rangers. And the Orioles plus 110 at home against Tampa. And that's all I have for you today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. A reminder to check out the Google Sheet for model picks, projections, and results. You can find that link and more at the website, www.pickswiththeprofessor.com. If you haven't done so yet, please click that subscribe button to ensure all the sports betting content we provide on this channel drops right into your feed. I will see you tomorrow. And until then, remember... You can eat your betting money, but please don't bet you're eating money.